Jake, we are here for some college basketball. Tuesday, November 21st. A lot of great games, just like on Monday. Just like on Monday, though, we are going to cover some of the games more off the beaten path. We will have plenty of time later on in the season to cover all the big boys. We've covered some of them. We will cover more of them. We've got six games for you here that might slip under your radar. The last one on the extended cut, Toledo, New Mexico, should be a good quality game. It might slip under your radar because it starts at 11.15 Eastern. So, Jake, uh, you are a friend for picking that game to the late-night crew who's going to enjoy that one. Yeah, well, I figured out if I'm moving back in time zones here while I'm traveling for the holidays, I might as well pick a later game to you know make it worth my while. I like this New Mexico team a lot. So they're, they're, fun, they're fun to look, talk about. They are fun to talk about. They play at a fast enough pace that they are always kind of on this uh, the, on the cusp of watchability. <laughs> you know, almost like no matter who they play, they're always one that I, I feel like we always look at, and whether we're playing them or fading them, uh, you know, kind of looking at them like, hey, like it's never bad to have your mind on something that's interesting to watch. Some of these other games we're going to talk about, maybe not as interesting to watch, but if you are interested in picks for all of the bigger games and everything else, you can sign up on Dub Club using the promo code that you see there on screen, QR code there on screen if you're with us on YouTube. Either way, the link in the show description, whether you're with us on YouTube or you're with us on an audio-only platform, and that uh, link will give you $5 off your first month, and that'll get you to picks to all the games. Uh, and total picks all the games. The totals just continue to rock and roll. Yesterday, got the show total, split the show sides, and it went almost exactly like we we planned for the show picks, right? And obviously, you hope to win both, but I mean, we're always talking about plus odds, 50-50 games. Both of them we thought were 50-50. We got one of them. That's what you expect. Jake, on show today, we're not going to do that. We're actually going to take a favorite and a dog uh, on the show pick, so we won't have that. But, but you know, when we talk about that, it kind of is sometimes funny how it works on show. We're thinking about that in the long run of a, of a larger show. We're really not talking about picking two dogs going one-on-one. We're talking about picking over the course of a, of a month, picking 100 dogs and going 50 and 50, <laughs> that sort of thing, right? And so I don't want us to get too focused in on the – uh, neatness of that. It's it's the long term. There we continue this A grade roller coaster where they're uh, great and then struggle and then great and then struggle. Monday was a struggle day for the A grades. A couple of just near misses though, and those are things that'll balance up the long run. Uh, you know, we'll 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 keep that rolling here and, and it'll it'll come back around soon enough. But the totals just continue to impress. Uh, I'm very pleased with how those have gone. Yeah, the totals have been killing it. It's been a lot of fun just to, to ride with those. I mean, you can see all the green there in that bottom section of the screen. It's, it's lovely. And those are just the, uh, what is the math? There are 11 totals that we've given out as official picks. Uh, but just as a reminder, if you were to play every total, not that you should or could or would, and so if you if you want to, great, 99 people out of 100, maybe maybe 999 people out of 100 are going to do that. But if nothing else, what you're picking a sample size from has done really well. Just as a recap here, the over edges that are quote unquote big, are up 8.2 units. The over edges that are quote unquote small are up eight units. The under edges 
that are quote unquote big are up 13 units and the under edges that are quote unquote small are up 5.7 units. I mean, when you're just, if you're just blindly picking from the totals pool, you're picking from some good stuff and and that's at least good. And that's uh, something to augment at least. And then when the A grades get going with these totals, then it'll be a great little one, two punch. Football has been so good to us. Jake and and we did finally suffer a loss. I think we 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 wrapped up this week at the NFL with a with a just terrible nine and one record. It's <laughs> um, just pitiful. What, what what were we thinking picking the Chiefs there? Like, what are we even? Yeah, what are we even doing here? But it does seem like that, right? Where it's like you can't ever get everything going at one time. But hey, that's okay. With if the totals in college basketball are doing well and football's going well. Uh, you know, we've, we've got till the rest of football season for the A grades to start really flying, right? And then get them in totals going. You know, we got to do it at three going. Pierre obviously doesn't work like that in reality. It's just kind of something fun to talk about. But again, there's that QR code if you want to join us over on Dub Club and get all the other picks. Access to our Discord chat where people give each other advice, uh, talk about fantasy sports and, and survivor pools and, and tennis and I don't know what, what all else we talk about over there. It's a lot of fun. Uh, a great group of people if you want access to that. All those links in the show description. Otherwise, Jake. Let's get to it here. 1 p.m. Eastern, Texas State at McNeese State. We'll talk about a day game here. People are always interested in that, especially this time of year. There's a lot of day games, a lot of tournaments. This is one of those. Texas State and McNeese State are two pretty even teams. McNeese is probably a little bit better. Probably not by much. The model says they have a 52% chance to win. Texas State at 48%. Makes plus 146 an A grade pick. And it's lather rinse repeat from the things we said yesterday. We've said pretty much the whole time. I love me a coin toss game or something very close to it at big plus odds. Doesn't mean it's going to win. There are no locks in gambling. All the same caveats that if you've been with us for any length of time, you hear me talking about that. Our faith is in the process. If, if we do this 10 times, we're going to win five of them. And it's really not even about 10. It's really about 50 and 100 or whatever. And so we're just, we're in this for the long haul. We're not trying to double our bankroll in one day. We are trying to just slow and steady this and have a nice winning season. And so we're, we're taking the big picture view. I have no idea what will happen in this game. But these teams are close enough that plus 146 to me, too good to pass up. Jake, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think these teams are very similar talented. But I think last time out, Manise State kind of got their weaknesses exposed a little bit. Western Carolina uh, really showed that they've got some bad free throw shooting there's not too much bench, and they play a lot of one-on-one ball. And that is not – like how much is that? Was West, Western Carolina's uh, defense pushing them towards that, or was it the offense, like the design of the offense? You don't really know, but you think Texas State is going to be able to expose those uh, same weaknesses if they are true weaknesses. Uh, they've got a really good defense. They're very, very solid uh, – for for these level of teams, and like I mean, they're probably what average on on the considering the everybody basis. But uh, I just think the way they play, the way they rebound, they control the boards, and they should absolutely be able to control the boards. Um, they make their free throws. Their offense leaves a little bit desired, as you can see on the screen. But uh, I think the rebounding and their defense makes up for that, causing the turnovers and keeping Minnesota State from. And playing one-on-one ball and just not working together, it's easy to guard one guy with five guys. It is a strength-on-strength, weakness-on-weakness, relatively speaking, in that the strongest unit for McNeese is their offense, and the strongest United State is their defense, and then the, the flip side of that is the weaknesses. We had McNeese State last time against Western Carolina. It took a chance with them as plus odds of the money line. That didn't work, but they did cover the spread. So this is another situation where we always talk about – 
you know, the model will have two ways that it kind of picks teams. And I'm, I'm going to kind of personify the model, but it's not exactly like this, but there's kind of two ways. There's the one way where it's like, it just it picks four against a team where it kind of just thinks the team is overrated or underrated relative to the market. We're just kind of constantly on the same team and constantly fading the same team. And sometimes that works. It's one of those where I always say it kind of works like six out of 10 times where like six out of 10 teams, I should say, where if, it, if it's going to be, you know, on a limb for 10 teams, like about six of them will be right. It's probably more like 11 out of 20, you know, it's just going to kind of always pick some teams and always fade some teams and, it works more than it doesn't, but you know, it, you kind of, kind of know once you start seeing the model, you kind of know who some of the picks are going to be. The other one is it'll sometimes kind of bounce around, and that's where it just thinks the market's over or underreacting to something that just happened. We just picked McNeese State, now we're picking Texas State, so it's one of those where uh, the model's just seeing some different value with different things in uh, these teams as these moves along, and we're all adjusting. The books are adjusting. My model's adjusting to, to what we see and thinking that you know. Not that McNeese is a bad team. We, we like this team, uh, but this Texas State team is, is solid as well, relatively speaking. You know, neither one, obviously, you know, overly likely to make the tournament. That's sort of solid, but solid enough. Uh, it's not terrible basketball. It's at least watchable basketball at this point. McNeese, one of the better teams uh, in the uh, Southland in Texas State. An okay team in the Sun Belt. Again, not likely to win it, but, but not terrible. So Texas State plus 146, a grade pick, which takes us to what is some terrible basketball, Eastern Michigan and Detroit. We had Eastern Michigan, I believe, an opening night, uh, getting a bunch of points against Butler, and they got thumped. And I think that was kind of the beginning of, wow, Eastern Michigan is really bad. And they're now down to number 324, according to the model. The model likes a lot of the dogs. In general, that's where there's more values. That's where we mostly play. It doesn't mean every dog has value. It just means that you know, your default should probably be looking that way. Why is that? Because everybody wants to play favorites. And so when everybody wants to be on the same side, it tends to shift the number just a little bit, give you just a little bit of value on the other side. So anytime we have a short home favorite, it catches my eye. And that's the case here. Detroit minus 150 has caught my eye as a B grade pick. It's obviously not to that A grade value. And this is on the low end of the B side, but Again, really just the bottom line for me, we don't pick a lot of favorites. Model doesn't like a lot of favorites. And so that doesn't mean all the favorites win that the model picks. It's just when the model picks a favorite, I'm like, it tends to not want to do that. And so I like jumping on these B-grade short favorites if they can. They're some of my favorite picks, uh, especially backing a home team. And for the most part this season, Sideline has really thought that the market's overvalued uh, home court advantage. So we haven't taken a lot of home teams either. So this is to me is telling me something that there might be a little bit of value on this Detroit team. Doesn't mean they're going to win. They're not a good team either. But at home, they are the slightly better team. Minus 150 is a pretty reasonable price to lay. We don't want to lay too much. We don't want to lay minus 200 for sure. Uh, but as long as we're in the mid minus 100s, it's an okay favorite to play according to sideline. Jake, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think I like this short favorite on home. I mean, these teams are bad, like bad news bears, bad. But it's, uh, I mean, at least Detroit Mercy or Detroit, whatever they're going by now. Uh, has at least shown once that they can put it together in that one point loss at Ole Miss. Um, Eastern mm -hmm. Michigan hasn't shown us that they that they understand basketball at all yet this year. Um, they they don't bring their offense on the road like when they travel travel away. They've scored less than sixty points in both the road games so far. So I just while well, I give it up almost a hundred, but that was to Florida Atlantic and. Uh, some other pretty good team. Uh, I just think these teams are going to be very similar in how they play. 
ACUF is the only real talent in Eastern Michigan. Detroit's got a handful of guys that are that are averaging double digits and can play together. I just think I'm going to take the home team when they're a short favorite like this when they've got multiple options to the road teams of one option. Yeah, and I think there could be a little bit of value in this pick because people might be giving them a pass for that loss at Florida Atlantic. And Florida Atlantic's a good team. Uh, I, I, you know, we do wonder if they're a little bit overvalued by the market still potentially based off of last year, but they've looked great so far. We know they're a good team. When we talk about, you know, a team being overvalued, we're not trying to say that they're not good. Just maybe that the, uh, the market might be a little bit too high on them. And then that's, that's really a question that I think we should ask about that team, but that's irrelevant to, they're still much better than Eastern Michigan, right? And that's the bottom line, but I think they might be getting, Eastern Michigan might be getting a pass because people are like, oh, Florida Atlantic's good. They are, but winning by 41 at Florida Atlantic, like that's not good for Eastern Michigan. I mean, that's like Mississippi Valley state level bad, right? Or, you know, Long Island bad or, or, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I'm not saying Eastern Michigan's that bad. It's just one of those where as we continue to get data on these teams and add each game in, you know, how you play, we always talk about this, right? How you play against who you play matters. There is no such thing as you haven't played anybody uh, as much as our brains want to think that, or you've only played really good teams or whatever, because if you're playing good teams closer. Uh, and like I said, Detroit playing Ole Miss close. That's like a, a, a check up, a check mark in that box. And does that mean everything? No, that's just one. That should be one twentieth of what you're looking at or one tenth at most of what you're looking at. But the fact that Eastern Michigan got destroyed by FAU, like that, that matters too. Like had they lost the game by 25, you go, okay, yeah, whatever. Like FAU is a good team, but that's a concerning loss. And then the Butler one again, and I am high on this Butler team. They, I think they're much improved, but that being a 40 point loss, like that's not good to sandwich in between that. They had the win against Georgia Southern. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that says more about Georgia Southern than it does Eastern Michigan. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it does. Plus, I think that one was in Eastern Michigan, so I think that makes a big big difference for them, especially the team that doesn't have much talent behind their their star player. Being at home is going to make a world of difference mm. for them. Mm. Oh, well said, well said. All right, and that takes us to our last game here, seven p.m. Eastern, UMBC against Maryland. Jake, this should be a fascinating game to watch. This is the tortoise and the hare uh, personified. Massive mismatch with regards to the talent here. Maryland's a big favorite. They should be a favorite. But UMBC, one of the fastest teams in the country. Maryland, one of the slowest. Here's the reason why, in my opinion, the over is a smart pick. Obviously, number one, the model projects 148. So we're going over 141. Uh, We take a consensus number on totals here. Uh, I locked this in myself personally, 140. So you might even get a better number than this. Obviously, we hope. We always shop around, always try to get the best number possible. Uh, I definitely... You know that's one of the easiest ways you can you can help yourself out as a sports better. But the other thing about this is we often talk about you know number one with pace, it's easier to speed up than slow down. Number two, the better team has more of a chance of controlling the pace. And number three, the home team does. But number one waits more than two and three. So Maryland, the slower team, kind of has the home team and the better team, but UMBC has the easier to speed up than slow down. So to me, that's kind of a wash. To me, throw that out. Let's look at those grades. 100 is average. So for offense, higher means more points. Defense, higher means more points. Pace, higher means faster, more points. 136 from 100 is 36. 
74 from 100 is 26. What that means is UMBC is more fast than Maryland is slow. So if you average them together, you still end up on the fast side. And that's, I think, what's getting lost. I think people are looking at this saying, eh, one team's fast, one team's slow. We'll put it at an average total because 140 roughly has been the historical average of scores. You can argue it should be a point or two higher for non-conference or rule changes or whatever, but we're around 140, right? But I think it's not going to be an average pace game. I think when you average together, it should be slightly above average. And that's what the model's seeing here at 148. Because uh, otherwise, Maryland's better on defense. UMBC's better on offense. I mean, all that I think is a wash. I just think the pace is that UMBC is super fast, whereas Maryland is only fairly slow. Maryland is not Charlotte, UNT, et cetera. If it was that kind of slow, different story. But Maryland is just, you know, is, is calling them a tortoise? Is that like too spot on given their mascot, right? Uh, they're, they're not like, they're not sloth. They're not sloth. They're not snail, right? They're just tortoise, whatever. I don't know what the right. So someone maybe knows the speed of animals, right? It's a paid analogy, but there could be slower. And that's a different story. Maryland isn't quite that slow. So we're going to go over 141. Jake, what's your angle on this one? Look, I think you nailed like, a lot of it. Is I think UMBC is a lot. It was well, a lot of what I was going to say was they're more fast than Maryland. Mostly play slow, um, yeah. but if you start if you start looking into it, Maryland is really struggling offensively right now, which feels really weird taking it over there. But I think a lot of that is due to their pace. And I think Willard is going to, especially scoring forty against Villanova. I think he's going to pivot and start playing a little bit faster because he's got a, several good talented guards. And if, if I'm him in my shoes, I'm going to try to change it up a little bit, play a little faster, and maybe sacrifice a little bit on my defense there to get the, the offense a little more opportunities because they have really been struggling offensively. Um, UBC is the opposite. They they play fast enough. They scored a lot of points, more possessions, more points. Um, I think we're going to get something like that. I think it's going to be a little bit more fun for these Maryland guys when UBC uh, is playing with, with their tails on fire and turning the ball over and giving them free run. Uh, I think we're just going to get a lot of points that way. and th- That doesn't mean we're going to get a crazy amount of points in this game, like in the 150s or something like that. I just think we'll get just a little bit more than average, and that's all we really need. Absolutely. And if you were – hang with me here, but I think this is a great lesson for early season college basketball is something along what Jake just said. And that is that – Early in the season, we're like three or four games in for most teams, max of like five, it seems like. And sometimes teams will decide, hey, let's try something different. What is that going to mean? It's going to mean you're going to get some picks that you just miss by like 40. And it's like, whatever, right? It is what it is. Because we have to understand that's part of it. And and if you know enough and you look at it, you can try to pinpoint those spots. Absolutely. Absolutely. But honestly, that's not, I think, what's going to make most people successful at sports betting because that takes a level of expertise in watching the game that most people don't have to be able to do that for more than a game or two. And if you could do that, great. But otherwise, I think it's just a great reminder that early season college basketball betting is is a large sample size play. That doesn't mean you have to play 100 bets a day. That doesn't mean you have to play 50 bets a day. It just means, honestly, bet more games than you think you should. Don't bet anything you don't think you have an edge on. But if you can find an edge and you and you normally bet 10 games, see if you can bet 15. See if you can find another five edges. 
And I don't want this to sound like I'm pushing people to play things they don't like because I would never recommend that. I'm just saying try to get to as many as you reasonably can because it's all about a large sample size play because you're going to have some that just miss. And the bigger the sample size, the quicker the variance is going to flatten out to avoid that because you're going to have some that you miss by 40 and some that you get lucky on by 40 as well because teams are trying different things does that mean maryland's going to try that no they could just double down and say you know what now we're just going to try to go slower we don't really know what's going to happen right this seems like a great spot for him to try to speak that's why we like it because you're playing a fast team so it kind of works into your hands you're playing it's a bad defense so this is a good time to test it out get some data in the early season in a game you're probably going to win because really your goal is just to have it figured out by conference time right this is a great time to experiment, try some things. So we'd like that angle, that potential, but you just never know. And that's why we say it's just, you're going to get some weird results, teams trying some weird things. There's money to be made, to be made here, profiting early season college basketball, but it's a lot of on average. And that's what I'm talking about with the multiple, you know, 10 games, 50 games, hundred games. We're looking at big, you know, on average, we're going to, we're going to get it. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect every day. It doesn't mean it's going to be perfect every week. It just means in the bigger sample size, we've got the math on our favor. And the bigger the sample size, the more you can weather the ups and downs of weirdness of a team just trying something as a one-off. And so hopefully in this case, it works to our advantage because we think Maryland really only has one way to go with pace and that's up. And against UMBC, honestly, I think that could lead to in the 150s. I mean, UMBC's defense is so bad. This could be a game where Maryland lets, lets loose and all of a sudden we see them score 90 points. You know, that wouldn't shock me uh, because UMBC's defense is so bad and the pace is, is bad. But also, again, Maryland could just decide we just don't want to go that fast. And if so, that's going to make it really hard to get to 80, 90 points, right? So we don't obviously know what's going to happen. We're just talking about the long run, the expectation uh, here in the model, seeing about 148. We have some reasons to think that it might be on the higher side of average. It's why we like this as one of the totals. But again, overall total has been doing really well. So if you're with us on Dub Club and you see those sheets and you see anything in blue, that's a that's a, a bigger under edge. Anything in red is a bigger over edge. And in general, a lot of those are probably worth playing. Uh, they've been doing pretty well. Uh, and this is one of our favorites of the totals. We will have another total in the extended cut. And uh, we will have another total out on TikTok and um, Instagram tomorrow as well. So here is your recap. Again, join us on Dub Club. Uh, for the extended cut, Jake, parting words before we get a 60-second uh, reprieve. Hey, like right now, especially in the early season, I think the money is in the small schools. That's where you're going to make your money because everybody's paying attention to the big names, the ones you see on ESPN, and those lines are going to get really tight. So this is why, where Dub Club really comes in for you, giving you all the information you can need to make decisions on these small school games or like, like UMBC and all that. I think it's very well said. I was thinking about it too with Purdue and Gonzaga here on Monday. Huge game with regards to what we think the quality was supposed to have been, uh, the the brand names, the talent, et cetera. And we did not have a pick on that. And I, in Texas, UConn was the same way. Big names, supposed to be Didn't have an official pick on that. We did, we did have an official pick, I believe, on Wisconsin. Uh, or maybe Wisconsin. I think Wisconsin was a B grade that I'm not even sure I said – I think that might have been what I said in the Discord that I was playing at Plus Odds was one of these. But I mean, the, a lot of the bigger games, it's it's harder to find the edges on because everybody's analyzing them. The books know more money's going to come in, so they spend more time tweaking. They spend an extra little bit, an extra discerning eye on it, whatever it may be. 
Um, and, and, and that's the way it's going to be all season. It's just even bigger early on uh, that we're seeing now. So I was thinking about that actually before we came on that like a lot of the bigger games, like we're not having a grade plays on it's unfortunate, but that's kind of what you would expect. It kind of makes sense. So again, dub club is the place to be, to get all the picks on the small schools that nobody watches or that we just have up on the side on ESPN plus, but you know, <laughs> it's not the prettiest basketball. Uh, again, that link in the show description, five months, five dollars off your first month of access. And again, hopefully we, you are with us on Duck club. You have the link to the extended cut. And if so, we will see you in 60 seconds. Mm-hmm.